Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. I am broadcasting to you live from Prospect Park South in Brooklyn, and what a crazy few weeks it's been to get here. Um, I had to pack up and move largely while Wendy was away, and uh, every time I thought uh, I was going to get a chance to do a podcast episode, another thing was sort of in the way. So um, so here we are, we're back. And uh, while I was so busy, I did manage to record a uh, meditation class that was... Uh, I was recording it specifically for use as the podcast episode because um, I did a little intro to the chakras that I thought might be fun to share. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use that today as our episode. But I did want to say hi and and say uh, why we've been quiet for a little bit. So um, without further ado, here is. Uh, practice and an explanation of chakras, uh, followed by a meditation which you can do if you like. And uh, I'll be back next week with uh, a regular installment. Namaste. Tantra yogis in the, um, somewhere between the your 500 and uh, the Middle Ages came up with <clears throat> ways to work on transforming ourselves, ways that were different from what had come before. Uh, what had come before was based on books like the Upanishads, or and before books even, just teachings in the Upanishads, which literally means to be sitting near your teacher. Um, and uh, books like the Vedas that gave lots of prescriptions about how to live and how to do certain things and how, how to do rituals. And the practice was very uh, set around having a, like a, a person who leads a practice, a, a kind of a priestly type of person. And um, in this new era that the tantricas issued in, there was a, a change in the agency that was offered to the people, the individuals, and they suddenly had tools to be able to make the kinds of shifts in state of mind that opened up a whole new way of seeing life. And this transformation then rippled through all of the practices that were going on in Buddhism, in Hinduism, in even now what we have in the West, these practices of working with our physical body, of working with our breath, of working with visualization, things that we do in our minds to try to see in an expanded way, to, to broaden what it is that we're paying attention to. 
Because our norm, our, our, you could say our natural pattern, is that we perceive things through the five senses. That stuff comes into a part of our mind that's designed perfectly for taking that information and comparing it to what's gone on before and to come up with a solution based on that. And what yogis from millennia ago realized was that if that's all you do, if you just are sort of wedded to that aspect of things, that, that limitation, that way of just honing in on that leads to a, sort of a dead end. You, you end up with a lack of contentment, a lack of uh, sense of accomplishment or happiness or, or whatever, you know. And, and I mean, our modern times are filled with stories like that. We have stories of people who like achieved in their field and then it was like, yeah, but now what, right? Um, Nat has a whole project where he's, he's talked a lot about that particular thing in his own, um, in his own experience. And, but we all know people who, like, they come to a point and go, you know what, I just need to do something completely different. And the thing is, if the thing that you do that's completely different is just like what you were doing before, meaning you're only still focusing on this sort of limited aspect of what life is, then you just run into the same end. You might be entertained for a while, but then it runs into the same stuff. So way back in the ancient times, the Bhagavad Gita talked about an alternative way, a, a way of looking at life, not as the events of what's going on, but a kind of perspective of what do you do within whatever you're doing. So it's like, how am I doing this that makes it different? And the tantrikas took a different sort of approach to getting to looking at things different, which was they basically tried to blow their own minds, right? They tried to have experience of us, not just as this thing that our five senses are so good at feeling, but as seeing us as energy, that's much more malleable, that's much more expansive, that's much more connected to all the other energy that there is. And I'm always so impressed when I look at um, these antique writings and I notice when something in contemporary science comes about, like a new discovery, right? A discovery. And it's like things that yogis have been talking about for literally millennia. It's quite fascinating to see how powerful our own intuition is, our own ability to have experience that is of, um, I guess the, the best way to say it is to, uh, like something I often say is there's only one reality and everybody's trying to figure it out and they use their own tools to try to figure it out. So in these ancient times, they used the tools that they had, which was their own willingness to go inside, feel, sense, interact, leave behind certain norms, have the experiences, and then integrate that back in and see, okay, now what? Right? We are now very wedded to machinery, so we try to do everything by looking at machines that will then give us more data. 
data that is perceivable by our five senses. So it's, it's a tricky place because it, it just kind of keeps us in the same realm that we can just do without the machinery. And then every now and then some physicists will say, oh no, but really we are the universe. Or Dr. Chopra you know, says, you are the universe. And we go, oh, he's crazy. Right? Because we don't know how to manage the transfer of data beyond the two ways of looking at things. So here we are in meditation class. And our point in meditation class is to go to that part of ourselves that isn't the five senses. We literally turn off our senses. It's the first step in yoga as it's described in the Yoga Sutras. Withdraw your senses. That's hard to do if your pattern is to be focused outward all the time. So the tantrikas provided all these cool tricks, you could say, tricks of the mind, tricks of activity that would help make it work. And it was sort of masterful and sort of magical and kind of wonderful in the way that like a master chef might whip up something that you go, holy, how did that, that taste amazing, how did you do that? Right? Well, it's just they know the technique, right? And they're good at doing it, and there it is, right? So in Tantra, we're taking things that are pretty straightforward. Put your mind on something, move your breath in a certain way, place a certain color or a certain shape or a certain idea somewhere, recite a sound that has a certain vibration. And through mixing that up in a masterful way, right, as the master chefs that we are in our you know, ongoing meditation practices, we get this effect. We get this wonderful cupcake of an experience. Right? And so what we're going to do today is work with a few of the different tools all together. One of them is to perceive the energy of us using a model that the tantrikas came up with that the things that we're experiencing, things that have been talked about since the Upanishads, that we are, that we are made of earth or stuff that's coming together, that we have flow, things that we desire we flow towards, things that we don't want we flow away from, right? that we have the ability to transform in ourselves to make change, we have the ability to interact, to move around, we have the ability to decide how to talk about our experiences, how to describe our space, how to communicate with others. So they, they found that working with those five kinds of forces of nature in us could create shifts. So they invented this idea of, or discovered, you could say using modern science technology, discovered that we could work with headquarters of these elemental forces inside of us. And so we're going to work with the six of them, the earth center that's at our base, the, the water center, the flow center that's in our pelvis, the fire center, or the transformational element that's in our gut, uh, the movement 
the interacting element that's in the heart, the expression that's in the throat. And then once we've worked with those five, we'll let ourselves move into the command center that makes all those things take us on our life journey that's in the middle of our head. So after having worked to balance and harmonize each of those energies, we'll move into the midbrain and we'll do not sensory activity there. We'll do other kind of mind there. We'll expand our sense of what is consciousness there. We'll move into us as energy, us as unlimited, and we'll just be there. So it's like a completely different way from the way we normally act. And when we've done that for a period of time and over a period of time, we start to have a different experience of life. One that makes us find contentment regardless of what we're doing. One that lets us have a better sense of, wait, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing here? And one that lets us have the kinds of interactions that we're trying to get, all the things that we're trying to find by looking outside for the answers, we find naturally flowing through us. And that process is your life. It takes time. But when you've done it, as you're doing it, you're feeling more and more and more plugged in, more and more and more graceful at knowing, I have tools, I know what to do. I'm doing pretty well, right? You know, I have a client who always says that to me. I'm doing okay, right? Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing all the right stuff. That's what you're supposed to do. So, so we're going to work with the chakras, which is the classical name of those today. There are uh, resonant frequencies for the chakras. In the bass, it's the sound lam, like the letter L, and then a ring afterwards, like hitting a bell. That's not a bell. That's a... <laughs> this is a bell. Right? You hit it, and then it rings afterwards. Right? So we're going to hit la, and then it's going to go lam. And in the pelvis, V, the letter V, Vam. In the midsection, Ram. In the heart, Yam. In the throat, Hum. And then we'll do a final mantra to take us into the midbrain, the letter K, K, which you feel right at the top of your mouth, at the roof of your mouth, K. And then Sham. And I'll tell us that so you don't have to memorize them right now. And then we'll sit in Om, which is the vibration of everything, where we're all connected. And all we have to do is stir that up in the right proportions to make this wonderful cupcake of a meditation that we're going to have today. Questions about any of that? Yeah. So this is a bit different to what you just mentioned but you mentioned something about flow, right? You said that we, the things we resist we throw away and the things we get attracted to we flow too. So I've been working on this idea for quite a while now that you know, there's a great flow which is from the universe and the great consciousness and when I resist that flow, I start to suffer. Yeah. So I'm trying to basically live as much as I can with my own wisdom and follow the flow of the guidance of the universe. But then you mentioned about 
flowing away from it. Like, can you talk a little bit about what happens when we like flow away versus get attracted to? Because you mentioned it before. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is, the is is it something that we're kind of in control of, or is it something that we should just kind of let go and follow the flow that we're guided to from a great consciousness? Yeah. Well. So, so what you're talking about you're, in yoga, we often call karma, right? That we have our karma, that the universe is in action, in motion. And we find ourselves in the millions of years of karma, we get born right there and we're still flowing with the whole thing, right? So as this center is in us to provide in this circumstances, attraction towards what we want, and a resistance of what we don't want. And when we're harmonious in that, which is like what you're trying to do right now in your own work, right? Then we're, we feel attracted towards the things that we're supposed to be doing, not to resist what we're supposed to be doing, which brings about this pain thing. And usually the, the thing that goes out in this energy is that we think we're going to find our happiness by getting the things we want. And we're going to find our happiness by getting away from things we don't want. But that's not where the happiness lives. The happiness is in being where we are and just being in right relationship with that thing. And then this center helps you just do the things that are in your karma. So it's like you're, when you're in tune, this is like a compass. Oh, I should be doing that. Right? When it's out of tune, then you're, you're messed up in terms of what is the point, why I'm, I'm desiring, maybe I'll get happiness if I pursue that. Anything else? Cool. If you want to do the meditation, you could do some asana here, take a little pause on the podcast, and start to do alternate nostril breathing or another practice that helps you get centered. And I'm going to pick up the recording right when we're um, in the midst of the alternate nostril breathing. If you've been practicing for a while or if you're just feeling pretty okay where you are and you wouldn't mind a little additional challenge, this can help your breath slow if you breathe in and hold the breath at the top of the inhale, both nostrils blocked, and then before it would disturb your breathing, the smoothness of it, release out the other side. So you're just putting a pause at the top of your inhales. The breath and the mind are so closely linked that changing one will influence the other. By putting this pause in our breath, we start to pause that sensory mind.
If you remember the side that you began on, the next time you get around to exhaling through that side, that's going to complete the cycle. If you don't remember, just choose a side. And after you breathe out that final exhale, keep your eyes closed, your attention inward, let your hand release down over your knee and join the index finger and thumb on that hand as well. Just take a moment to be in your sense of your center. So we're cultivating sixth sense here, one that lets us feel the inward energy of ourselves. So we'll start at our base, at the pelvic floor. So while you're imagining where your pelvic floor is, or perhaps if you've been doing this for longer, you feel where my pelvic floor is. Visualize a golden square at that site. And by holding this image, we hold our attention, but we start to transform the energetic vibration of this earth center, things coming together center. And we'll add into this tuning of the center like a tuning fork using this seed sound, lum. So go ahead and repeat, lum, lum, lum. We're really just doing this for our own sensing of the vibration, not like singing in a choir. So hold the image of this golden square at the base and vibrate lump. Do it two more times silently. Letting the vibration itself be in the etheric realm, not outside in the sensory world. And now move your attention up into the pelvis. And in the pelvic bowl, visualize a silver crescent moon with its points touching at the top, just coming like almost like a circle. And holding that image starts to tune this desire element, water, the flow. Within that now we'll add the seed sound, or to use the Sanskrit, the Bija Mantra, which starts with the letter V. Vam. 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 Now let that resonate silently 
energy itself. Now draw your focus up to the navel, behind the navel, center. We'll balance the energy of the transformative element, fire. There, visualize a red triangle with its point downward. Hold this image to direct and tune transformative force in you. Then we'll continue to tune it even more using the Bijan Mantra, Ram. 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 silently. Now draw the focus up into the center of your chest in the place that feels most personal, like where I am. In that headquarters, in this chakra of the heart, visualize a six-pointed star that's powder blue. So like two triangles, one pointing up, superimpose over one pointing down. This is literally the place where we find the relationship between our focus on this higher aspect of our consciousness and relate to our life in the sensory world. This is so important to balance here. The Bija Mantra is Yam, like starting with the letter Y. Yam. 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 Silence vibrating. Yeah. Move your focus up to the throat, at that notch that's at the bottom of your throat up to the roof of your mouth. Visualize a white circle and holding that image there, you start to tune the element of space or the way that we are 
seeing things, expressing things, organizing things. Begin to tune this to a perfect expression and wholeness. And the Bija mantra for this energy is starting with the letter H, hum. 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 silently continue having harmonized each of the five elements we'll now move into the midbrain the command center Ajna chakra and we'll do this with this two-part mantra I mentioned. It starts with the letter K, like K, and then Sham afterwards. So let's just hit the K a couple of times so you really feel it almost like knocking the door at the roof of your mouth. K, 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 And then we'll add the second part, Sham. Sham, Sham. Let your focus be in the middle of your mind, in the middle of your head. Silently ring that one more time, two more times. Shun. Take a finger on your right hand and tap the point just above where your eyebrows are and your forehead. Just as a way to send your focus deeply into that midbrain center. You can also just press there, or you can moisten that point, which makes it cool there for an extended period. I'm just using one final little trick, little icing on the top to push you into that space where meditation happens, where you move away from your sensory mind. And we can just surrender here. And go ahead and let your hand rest back on your knee or on your leg. With your attention in the middle of your mind, let go. We're moving outside of the realm of thinking about things. So whatever happens here, just continue to surrender. There's nothing to do. You might feel a release of a sense of being in your body altogether. Whatever happens, you're safe, you're here, and you're doing it right.
Transition to that more subtle experiencing, so it's not so much touch and solid objects, but energy interacting in the palms. Move your tongue behind the upper teeth at the gum line and direct the energy of your meditation, the wisdom, the understanding that you touch there, into the palms of your hands so that we can distribute it. Move your hands a little apart and you might still feel the energy as more of heat or further apart and your hands might feel more like magnetism. And then bring this energy up over your eyes to direct it into the command center in the middle of the brain. And as you send that energy there, we start to repattern our Selves so that wisdom is now influencing the choices that we make. The mantra to help reinforce that, Om Namah Shivaya. So we'll repeat that four times. You can also just let it resonate through you without chanting it yourself. Let your palms come together in front of the brow center. Om Namah Shivaya. your hands back over your eyes, we'll make our way to the throat center. We'll pause at the jawline and move around the jawline to the back of your neck just to release any tension that accumulated there. Come back around to the throat in front and with one hand over the other, direct the energy into the throat center, bringing us wisdom in the way that we understand and express ourselves. The mantra, Om Aim Saraswatiye Namaha. Om Aim Saraswati Namaha Om Aim Saraswati Namaha Om Aim Saraswati Namaha From the throat center, draw the energy down to the heart center in the middle of your chest. Each of these are stops we made on the way up. Now we're repurposing that energy into them so they're now renewed. We are evolving. The mantra to help bring us clarity in our relationships. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo
Still, as part of our meditation and transitioning back into living, draw the energy from the heart center down to the navel center. We direct it in here into this place that's so important because it's what makes things happen, that energy. Let it be now filled with energy and inspiration to do things in just the right way to keep us evolving on our path. Let your right palm face down, your left palm face up, and clasp your hands, and pull the heels of your hands right against your navel. This shape also helps reinforce that transformation of energy. The mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. From the navel, draw the energy down to the pubic line, sending it into the pelvis, into really the Svadhisthana chakra, that headquarters of our desire, our likes, our dislikes, and our personality. And the mantra to make sure that we let this energy flow as wisdom rather than getting stuck in loops of habits and patterns. The mantra like a drumbeat, Om, Doom, Doom, Doom. Durgaye Namaha. Om Dum 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 Durgaye Namaha. Om Dum 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 Durgaye Namaha. Om Dum 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 Durgaye. Let your fingertips come right onto the pubic bone, thumbs touching at the top. So we've got a triangle, that shape in yoga, in yantra, we use as a way of directing energy. So we're going to direct the wisdom of our meditation into the pelvic floor so that in the realm of stability and structure, we have wisdom. The mantra, Om Lakshmi Vam Shri Kamaladaram Swaha. Om Lakshmiram Shri Kamaladaram Swaha. Om Lakshmiram Shri Kamaladaram Swaha. Om Lakshmiram Shri Kamaladaram Swaha. Wrap the index finger and thumb at the crease line between thigh and torso and ground yourself, rooting down. And to help ensure that this energy all flows in an efficient way, that it moves through and helps us make these transformations, we'll use one final mantra. This one helps to make sure there are no obstacles. The mantra, Om Gam 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 Ganapataye Namaha. Om Gam 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 Ganapataye Namaha Om Gam 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 Ganapataye 
Reground back into your legs by moving the energy from your hips to your knee and through your thighs, these big muscles that help us navigate the earth. Massage around your knee joints, down your shins. Unwind your legs if you need to get at the backs of your calves and walk with a thumb line down the center of your calf right down your Achilles tendon, and then grab your ankles tight, concentrating your energy downward into your legs and feet, and then walk five lines right down the soles of your feet, the very bottom of your body where we connect to the earth. One line to each toe. And then extend your legs, release them out. If your legs are asleep, do down dog and pedal your legs out of it. And then finally, Shavasana on your back. And let all the muscles that held you up one way release and surrender back into the earth. Having moved out in your meditation, away from the physical and having just re-grounded to come back into the physical. We're using this Shavasana just to let your muscles relax rather than just to space out again. Perhaps it would help to concentrate on the feelings of your body being supported by the floor moving if there's something that's not quite letting go. Just being present without having to do anything. done this meditation, we come back into our active place with a new perspective. We see the same things, but now they look different. We encounter the same situations, but now they feel different. We evolve. Begin to make your way toward more activity. Wiggle your fingers and your toes. Run your thumbs across your fingertips. Turn your head a little side to side. Take a nice breath in and raise your arms up overhead behind you and stretch long through your right side from your fingers out through your toes. 
And then release on that side, reach to the left side from fingers to toes. And release. Bend your knees, draw them in, wrap your hands around your shins, release your back out on the floor. And then set your feet on the floor, hip width apart. Press down into your feet and lift your hips off the mat. Press down into your upper arms and lift your chest off the mat. And you can either point your fingers towards the ceiling or interlace your fingers underneath you and press down toward the floor to lift your chest up high. Come up on the balls of your feet, separate your hands if they're underneath, roll back down to the mat. And walk your feet to the edges of your mat, out to the side, so your feet are wide. Shift your hips a little bit to the left side and drop your knees over to the right like a pair of windshield wipers. Then set your right foot on top of your left thigh. And this gives this nice little inward rotation on that thigh after sitting with your legs apart for so long. Come back up to center, feet still wide, shift your hips a little to the right and lower your knees to the left. And then set your left foot on top of the right thigh. And then come back up to center, hug both knees in, and you can rock up to sitting or roll over to one side and press up to sit. Make a fist with your right hand just below your navel. Take the left on top of the right, press in there, and tilt a little bit forward. Keep your chest nice and open, and you'll feel your whole base sort of starts to engage to hold you up. So we're gonna keep that anchor to your base. Come back upright. Envision yourself drawing inspiration from the universe, from the crown of your head to that base, and from where your hand is pressing in, let it distribute through the lines of energy that power you through your day. Bring your palms together in front of the heart. Haryom Tatsat, have a super lovely day, even though it's rainy. Namaste. If you have any questions, feel free to ask after class. If you have a lot of questions, we have an amazing training coming up. It's the first time we're offering it. It's a module that's usually for the 300-hour trainees. But uh, you can take it. It's like the whole philosophy of Ishta Yoga. You should talk to Mona about it. She will fill you in on all the details. Thanks for listening to Peter's podcast. Thank you so much to all my Patreon subscribers who make this possible. Talk to you soon. Namaste.